welcome back to cryptids, killers, and everything in between. We're going to touch on the... The in-between part, I guess. Yes, this is the, the comic book vigilantes. It's only a select few. I know we'll do more if this is a popular subject, then we'll do more, but I've been We're fascinated. Kind of calling it a part one. Well, I'm fascinated by the TV shows and the comic <clears throat> books, and even before the TV shows, I was always into the comic books of the vigilantes, and you got your different type of heroes, you know. I mean, nerd alert. <laughs> We're about to learn how big of a nerd I really am, but you know, you got your goody goody heroes, you know, and then you got your goody goody superheroes, you have anti heroes, you have vigilantes, uh, super powered vigilantes, super powered uh, anti heroes. Um, but the group I always tend to gravitate towards are the anti heroes, vigilantes. All right. Um, always on the edge of doing the right and wrong thing, but typically. 98% of the time do the right thing. Um, so, it's it's going to be more of a fun, less heavy... Well, we didn't pick less heavy <laughs> characters. Yeah, <laughs> but what I mean is less heavy in, in the subject matter. And then we're going to follow it up with our real-life vigilantes, a couple that we picked, um, and do maybe a little compare and contrast. Of course, there's no real Batmans and real Daredevils and, and real Punishers. Funnily enough, that's the first three we're doing. Correct. <laughs> but there definitely are some people um, in history that have done some questionable things, but maybe for the right reason. So um, I didn't have to do much research on these because those are... Um, actually, uh, to be honest, Daredevil was not a favorite of mine growing up. I thought the movie was pretty horrible. Yeah, the Ben Affleck movie made you hate Daredevil even more. Uh anything I ever seen Daredevil uh, pretty horrible so I have to give this to Netflix uh, the Daredevil seri- series um, Charlie Cox did a great job amazing we were job. very hesitant to watch it and then once we started we couldn't stop I think uh, we finished the entire first season yeah. in a day didn't we and now he's one of my favorite not necessarily Daredevil himself but the Devil of Hell's Kitchen the the, the Netflix Daredevil yeah, the Devil of Hell's Kitchen the one where he's in all black and he's you know, just and that's where they that's where they took him back to in right, the last season. Right, which I which I really really <laughs> liked how they took him back to that. I was heartbroken when they didn't do a new season. They said that from what I read, they even had like storyboards and stuff up, getting ready to start the new season. This man deserves his own movie as the Devil of Hell's Kitchen, and that's what they should call it, the Devil of Hell's Kitchen. Well, there's talk that. Um, there was a contract or something signed with Disney and Netflix that they had to wait so many years after the last season before they could do new ones. So there's talk that Disney will pick up the ones that did good. So no Iron Fist, thank Christ. Yeah, that was that was, and it could, you know that could unless actually, they do like the Luke Cage and well, uh, they, they could have did a lot better with uh, Iron Fist. He's actually a good character if done right. <laughs> but that kid that did it. I know. I know. You just see the, the you, gay, you you just see, see the, the you gay see knight. The, the knight from Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean, that's what you see. Yeah, he's... He, not that not that a gay superhero wouldn't be awesome. I'm not saying that at all. But the whininess. It, it, he was so whiny. And it was, it, was, it was the same characters that he was in Game of Thrones, whiny. So whiny. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's... But the heroes for hire might not be bad. I was going to say, that's not to say that, you know, just like a homosexual knight or, you know, superhero wouldn't be fabulous. They would. It's just the whininess of it. 
uh, that I didn't enjoy. It just it, he it never went away. He right. was always whiny. Right, and I know he was supposed to be portraying a portraying a a rich kid who lost everything. But at this point, you've been in Shaolong for how long? You're all, damn near your entire life. So I think you'd be pretty hardened by that, and you beat a dragon. So I mean, you're pretty awesome to do that. Why are you still whining? Right. I just didn't buy it. I thought Luke Cage was good. Luke Cage. Except for I didn't. I wasn't a big fan. Of but the guy the who played him did a great up. job. Michael Collier, great job. <laughs> Jessica Jones, phenomenal. Amazing. I loved and Jessica Jones. And that's my type of hero right there. She's just very. She don't anti, give a shit. Very anti-hero. She's like she don't want to do it, but she'll do it because she can. But she really don't want to. Right. And she can't walk away from it because it's going to cause harm to other people. So she has to do it. Huh. That's my type of hero right there. Um, so. In the DC universe, I think we should tell who some of our favorite superheroes are. So why don't you go first? Who do you like in the DC universe? Flash is my guy. The Flash. This is what I consider a goody-goody superhero, but I will say one of the most powerful superheroes. Yeah. And I will be completely honest. I wasn't really a Flash fan because I was of the opinion, ooh, he can run fast and that's it. But we started watching the CW show, and I was hooked. And I'm very mad about who they have as the Flash in the Justice League. Not saying that the guy that's playing the Flash is bad. I don't like how they have the character in there. Scared of everything. Falling over his feet. Right, when he's supposed to have been the Flash for a while. Well, no, he not for a very long time. He hadn't been in the movie, I don't think. But in the... TV show, he only fell, I think, one time when he was first learning his powers, and that's just because he had, like, a flashback, tripped him up, and he fell. And then one other time later in the season, not the season, in the series, um, when a metahuman had, uh, like, her power was luck. Like, she would draw good luck to her, and everybody else around her would have bad luck. And he literally fell over marbles. Well... I won't say that I'm in love with the show from the CW. It is a good show, and it was done well uh, for what the, for the budget they had. It was done well, um, and the you know the stories were okay. I just didn't buy that person playing Barry Allen in the Flash as Barry Allen in the Flash. I think you know Barry Allen's supposed to be somewhat muscular. He's supposed to be you know um, he's supposed to be muscular and a little bit more confident than what this kid's portraying him as and you would think as the season's gets, going along it, it does get better but he doesn't get more muscular he doesn't well no get... because they they explain that too though it's because his metabolism runs so but in fast the comic book, okay well in the comic book everybody I was fucking gigantic no but you're talking to someone who grew up on comic okay books. then are you gonna disagree with chris evans as captain america do i because he wasn't huge captain america in the comic books and in the cartoons that we watch he was jacked but, so was Tony Stark. Well, no, Tony Stark wasn't. Um, but Captain America is supposed to have some size on him. He's supposed to. He's supposed to because he's a super soldier. He's supposed to have some size on him. Um, but I would have to say the same thing about who they got to play Frank Castle. Because Frank Castle in the comic books is a monster. He is mm-hmm. huge. But the guy they have playing him in, in the TV show the TV show is the best Punisher that we have seen. And he's not even half the size of what. But it's his uh, will. It's his, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just how he he, he comes across. He doesn't give up, so he's he's a monster that way. Yeah, and we weren't sure about him because no, we watched Walking The Walking Dead, Dead yeah. 
Yeah, he was and, shamed from the walking yeah, dead. We watched that yeah. and we're like, that's this who's going to be the Punisher, really? Yeah. And then I think, what, we weren't even halfway through the first episode and we were like, yes. Yeah, well, he nailed it. He nailed it. I mean, I mean it was amazing. And he's, uh, we've seen him in other stuff too and he's been good. The um, accountant. So I think he was supposed to be someone that you didn't like in The Walking Dead, and that's why. Well, they and he, and did so a good he, job. yeah, he did. Well, he did. He did a good job. I mean, that's what's supposed to happen. If they do the job right and they're a villain, you're not supposed to like them. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess he did do a good job. But you like the Flash. Who else do you like from DC? I liked Arrow. So you like the Green Arrow? I thought. Um, we're not talking just the TV show. I know, but talking, I thought that. I thought the Green Arrow was better than Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. It's I think Hawkeye was the answer. To yeah, Arrow. he was. Um, Aquaman was pretty awesome too. In the comic book. Well, I mean, just the the idea. The seahorse riding guy. You like no, the seahorse is fucking stupid. Because he should be but able I to do. swim underwater. I mean, come on. You're I a did, fucking, I did fucking, think it was. You're a fucking king of Atlantis. You should, you should be, be able, able to, to swim. And I did think it was funny. I think we both almost fell over laughing when we watched the movie where they put him on the seahorse at the end. I know. I know. And I, I will say this. I hate Jason Momoa. However, um, he did do a version of Aquaman that I hadn't seen before that I thought was pretty decent. You don't like Jason Momoa because you think they just hire him because you think everybody thinks he's a pretty boy. Well, it's because his whole body's CGI and everybody's in love with a CGI body. Well, he admits that his body is CGI. That's why he thinks it's funny. <laughs> Batman's another good one. But everybody likes Batman. I can't say that I like the Robin part of Batman. Well, certain Robins, I guess. Because you got some, like, the Dick Grayson goes on to be Nightwing. I like Nightwing better than Robin. Um, I don't know. I say my characters that I like. and I, I, Supergirl's I'm, good. I'm a fan of the Watchmen. Um, but I like Batman. He's always been my favorite. See, so I kind of break it down. You're, you're on the Team Superman or you're the Team Batman. And I'm a team Batman. Here's the thing with Clark. <laughs> and it's weird because I think Captain America was kind of like the answer to Superman. Because Superman was first, right? He was the first yeah. superhero. Yeah. But what's weird is the goody-goody works for Captain America, but Clark Kent takes it a little too far. Right. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with a, a superhero having that very nice demeanor and attitude and caring for people that's what they're supposed to do mm -hmm. but sometimes it gets in the way of doing what you need to do now the superman that they have what henry what's his last cavill. name cavill that's a good superman he does okay with it i, I mean because he goes a little dark he's not as goody goody right and he, he he yeah and there's times where he struggles with him being so powerful yeah um i don't know if you guys ever seen um is it brightburn Yes. So that would have been what would happen to Superman if... He was evil. If he was evil. So I did like how they did that exactly. little... Oh, that movie was phenomenal. Love yeah. that movie. I wish they would continue that as he grows up so you could see exactly yeah. what he would become. But, I mean, there's times where you see Henry Cavill, because he's a good actor, actually struggle with, how, okay, yeah. I have God powers, but I'm still human. I'm, yeah, right. But I can do that. Because even his interactions with Batman, telling him, I can end this right now. If I wanted you dead, you would be. 
Uh, no, uh, but yeah. no, buddy, because he's got a <laughs> plan for you. Batman's got like a A through Z plan for everybody. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to beat Batman because he's not going to come at you. Batman's not coming at you unless he has 25 ways to beat you. And actually, he's not coming at you at all. He's going to let you come at him first. Yeah, you know, and then and then kind of figure out what what you can do. Batman versus Superman, amazing movie, up until the point. Yeah, there's a couple parts, and that's kind of like, that's dumb. The worst part was when he and, said Martha, and then they are done fighting and best friends. And with what is with all these fucking movies just making up their own stories or putting parts of comic books together? That is horrible. That's not the way it is. And I, we watch movies, and I'll say, that's from this comic book, and that's from this comic book, and they're just, okay, Captain America in certain parts of the Avengers movies is not even supposed to be alive. You know, Tony Stark. Neither Thor. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell's happening? So, you have to take the movies for what they are. But Thor should have died in Ragnarok. I, I would say that for um, me and the DC, Batman's first. Then I like Rorschach uh, from The Watchmen. Which we had to watch a couple of times to really appreciate. Right. And if you notice, those two are both human. They're mm-hmm. not super-powered. They're just human vigilantes. Um, and then I like uh, John or Dr. Manhattan. I right. think that I like the fact that he's still a little bit human but now he is a god and he struggles with his own stuff at the point though that the movie takes place with him he 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 no longer connects to humans like no. he's no he's not there anymore but he does a little bit because he still gets angry he still has so he's but at the end of the movie when he makes the decision to, to kill rorschach to to keep that secret that he knows is a terrible terrible secret he doesn't really want to kill him but he, but knows he, has, he has to, to. but rorschach already outsmarted him and sent the diary mm-hmm. with everything in it. So, I, I, I do like those characters. If, and maybe if, that's why John was okay with it, because John had to know he already did that. Right. Um, if we're looking at independent comics, I'm a Spawn guy all the way. I love Spawn. I think Spawn, they're redoing those. Spawn is just a great um, anti-hero. Uh, Marvel, The Incredible Hulk has always been my favorite, obviously. Obviously. Obviously, I mean, that's my guy. Um I like you know, Venom. Yeah, we talk about Marvel ones. I like Venom. He would be anti. Um, the Punisher. You like Wolverine, too. Love Wolverine. Um, and there's others I like, too. But, I mean, those are my those are my main ones that, you know, to me, some of them are obscure, but I just like, they're badasses. I, I, there's, I have favorite villains, too. I love Doctor Doom. I think Doctor Doom is a great villain. If done right, he could be, yeah. Um, on the DC side, the Joker. Has always been, and that, he was my favorite before the Joker was cool. You have to, right? You have right. to admit that. Yes. I've said that from the yes. time you've known me for how long? Twenty plus years. And, now. I, and my superheroes have never changed. I know mine. My villains have never changed. My Marvel guy is Thor. Is Thor. Right. But you like the myth, uh, mythological Thor too, the Nordic. Yeah, Thor. I mean, I Thor. I would have been that little girl from Adventures in Babysitting with the Thor helmet and the hammer. Because from the time I, I you, was little, Thor I, has been mine. I think we both like Iron Man. I mean, I, how what's can you not, not to like? Yeah, you could. There's, I mean, you, there, there's everything to like. <laughs> and I think Robert Downey did an amazing job. And as I Iron think Man. you like Cap a little more than I do, but I like. I do. I like what Chris Evans did. Chris Evans was an amazing Captain America. With uh, Captain America, the comic books and the cartoons, I'm not a big fan of just because he is too goody goody. But you see a little bit of human put into it when Chris Evans does it. I will say... Of the He's Avengers, not afraid to kill people, though. No. of the Well, we're going to talk about that. Of the Avengers movies, though, I, I would say that the best characters... 
since they redid all the characters, the best characters now in those movies, the only ones you're really going to watch it for are going to be Iron Man and Captain America. Mm-hmm. Thor's not bad, but he's Th- not the Thor. He's not. That's that Thor isn't scary. <laughs> he's really not. Thor is supposed to be scary. He's oh. supposed to be oh like what God. he's supposed to. When he shows up, he's supposed to be make a, you shit your pants. A god. Yeah. Yeah, and when you see him they in mean, Endgame, in that bathrobe, in that stomach. Well, they even made the, they made the Hulk into a teddy bear. What the fuck? Yeah. The Hulk will fucking eat you. Yeah. He has. He's eaten people before. I told you they're not going to do World Breaker because it would scare the kids. So, you know, I have a problem with the movies up to a point, but it is kind of cool to see some of the people that you that you read about. Um, the TV shows, I'm actually more of a fan of those. I think they got it right. Daredevil. Yeah, they Punisher, kept it gritty. I love that. I love the fact that they kept it gritty. Um, Netflix, amazing job with those. I hope Disney doesn't fuck it up. Well, if Disney does it, it's going to be on Hulu. Yeah. So that they can keep it relatively true nice to the story. Yeah. They're going to try to keep it, if they do it, because Disney, I think, has Hulu too. Or they're partnered with Hulu or something. Because I know we have Disney Plus, and with Disney Plus, we get Hulu. So, so I think they're going to do it and keep the characters... They're going to try to keep it as close to the Netflix stuff as it can, if they actually do it. So, who's the first one that we are covering? We are going to do Daredevil. All right. So. I, I think I did Matt it. Murdoch. I think I did it Marvel, DC, Marvel. Okay. I think. Um, for Daredevil, everybody knows, fictional superhero. He uh, first appeared in American comic books published by Marvel Comics. So was it called American Comic Books yes. before Marvel? And I think what they were going for with Daredevil was they wanted to have they wanted to have a superhero who had disabilities, um, something that which was amazing. Right. They wanted they wanted to to pay homage to. They wanted the the. Yeah, for disability people to have a superhero, Yes, too. because it, it shouldn't just be someone who's perfect. It should right. be, or, you know, what your definition of perfect would be. This is someone who has struggles of their own. Right. Um, but it doesn't keep them from, from being doing, who they are. Right, from doing great and, things. And to be honest, with Daredevil, he's kind of a B-level, like, he, yeah, he's affiliated with the Avengers, and he's affiliated with, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff, but he's more of an on-the-ground, B-level type hero. But he is super. Because he got his he's powers. Got, he's got powers, right. yeah. Um, Daredevil was created by writer-editor Stan Lee, which everybody knows because Matt Murdock. Stan Lee is amazing. Stan Lee is amazing. But you always know a Stan Lee character because the first and last name always have the same first letter. So you always know it's a Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. But the worst one that it just drives me nuts what was it fing fam foom oh the dragon yeah the dragon that um doctor strange fight fing fang foom or fing fang foom i forgot doctor strange is my guy too mm-hmm. love doctor strange um and artist bill everett with an unspecified amount of input from jack kirby is jack kirby the one that's got all the controversy around him no, that's you're, you're thinking DC. Jack Kirby is involved with the Hulk a little bit. He's involved with Cap a little bit. Um, I mean, he, he he legit was involved. So the controversy guy was the, with the Batman, right? Yeah, yeah. I might bring him up. Daredevil is commonly known by by such names as Man Without Fear and, of course, Devil of Hell's Kitchen. Goddamn! If you watch the show, Man Without Fear pretty much sums it up. Yeah, but I hadn't heard that one until I did this. No, I mean, but... The Devil of Hell's Kitchen, you hear. Yeah, and we, that's my favorite, is the Devil of Hell's Kitchen. But, yeah, the man without fear, just because he 
will jump off a building. He'll, oh, yeah, he gives zero fucks. Right, and he doesn't worry about damage to himself. He just kind of goes in head first. Now, does he have the accelerated healing like Cap does and some of the other ones? No, not in... I mean, it, that's not what the the chemical that spilled in his eyes did to him. It pretty much just enhanced his sense. His, his senses. senses. It didn't give him accelerated healing or strength. But Stick taught him something that helps meditation meditation so he kind of touches on his chi like danny does some of the old magic yeah because i know the stick mentions the old magic and that's basically just aligning your chi yes and and chakras and all that stuff um which i i'm a believer in i think that works oh yeah it does uh daredevil's origin stem from a childhood accident that gave him special abilities which we senses which hey side note gave jessica jones her abilities too exactly and they went to school together, too. Right. Uh, while growing up in the historically gritty or crime-ridden working-class Irish-American neighborhood of Hell's Kitchen in New York City, Matt is blinded by a radioactive substance that falls from an out-of-control truck after he pushes a man out of the path of the oncoming vehicle. So his destiny was already to be a <clears throat> hero. Right. And... If you believe in in a higher power or destiny, the destiny would be that he would suffer this tragedy. They always do. And then become better from it, but struggle with those gifts that were given from that tragedy. Yeah, because Bruce Banner always complains about the Hulk. But he don't want anybody else to have it. But that's not the thing. It's the Hulk was always there. His genes just at that point hadn't mutated like well, the X-Men genes for the Hulk to come out. Right. And I consider the Hulk a vigilante to, to some extent. If you really get into the comic books, he's more of a vigilante because he goes off and does his own thing. But the theory behind that is is that um, David Banner, his dad, mm-hmm. abused Bruce. Which was the... David Banner was from the TV and his show, mom, right? Yeah. And, and so... They're trying to. A lot of people speculate that the Hulk is actually a split personality. I could see that too because that is the protector, mm. um, and and so yes, he already had that in him. But the other, and Ang Lee's Hulk touched on it, is that his father did experiments on um, himself, and then that passed, passed on, on to, Bruce. To, to Bruce, and so he already had some dormant stuff. But the gamma unlocked it. In in many versions of the comic book, though, Bruce did that to himself. He experimented on himself and actually pushed somebody out of the way of a gamma that would have killed a gamma Which ray. they touched on in Angley. Right, and that, that was his only friend in the comic book. That was the only person he could... Didn't he end up being a Hulk, too? Yeah, at some point. But that was the only person that he that, that kept him connected besides Betty. Um, but yeah, that's that, that was the, the tragedy that he had to suffer. But yeah, a lot of these, if you, if you just think about it, when we tell the stories, they already had this... Oh, yeah. Person in them. That's why Cap got picked. Right. Like, Matt Murdock is the mask for Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Like he's always been Daredevil. Matt is just the mask. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does, because that's what they touched on in the uh, first Christian Bell Batman or something when she's like that Batman's not the mask. Christian uh, Bruce Wayne well, is. Well, basically, that. Will there ever be a time that you don't need Batman? Right, and there won't be, because what? We'll we'll touch on him in a minute, but he was like he was fucking seventy years old, still, still kicking ass. And I just gotta say, you get your ass kicked by a seventy-year-old man, then you just don't come back out because that's you're just embarrassing. 
while Matt can no longer see, his exposure to the radioactive material heightens his remaining senses beyond normal human ability and gives him a radar sense. So is that kind of like a bat? Yeah, so what they're trying to say is he, he, and I think he explains it too, but the other sounds create like a sonar image. Like water falling or, you know, like a chain clinking or even vibrations will give him a picture and then the disturbance within those vibrations or sound gives him a picture of what's in front of him. Because, see, they kind of touched on that in the movie, but in the movie it was blues. Right. And the TV show is reds and oranges. Which makes more sense because he even said in the comic book he sees a world on fire. Right. That's the whole thing with Daredevil and Hell's Kitchen is That's because that's the color he sees is red. And he's very, he's a very angry person. He really is. He's a very angry person. Matt Murdock is not like a happy-go-lucky guy. In the comic book, he had to take pain pills and drink a lot to dull out. Because, yeah, he's getting bombarded all the time because right. his hearing, he can hear for like a mile or two, can he? Yeah, I mean, he's he's got, I mean, you, you imagine that. He can't just get rid of it. I mean, right. It's like, it's like with Superman with a kid and he was trying to struggle with it. He's like, what the fuck is going on? Right. So... Yeah, he, he definitely um, drank a lot. He actually slept in a chamber of water, too. To yeah, they help. never got to that in the show. Right. But they did in the movie. And plus it helped with his healing, too. Like, all the bruises and stuff. It was like ice water to help with that. His father was a boxer named Jack Murdoch. Uh, he was a single man raising his now-blind son who, despite his rough upbringing, unconditionally loves his son and tries to teach him. He was kind of like a low-level enforcer, too, I believe. Not in the mo- not in the TV show, but in the comic book, he was kind of a low-level enforcer. Maybe. And he threw boxing matches. That they did touch on in the show. Yeah. Um, and his dad really did want a better life for Matt than what he had. He didn't want him fighting. He didn't want him to have to rely on his fists. He wanted him to rely on his brain. Um, Jack is later killed by gangsters after refusing to throw a fight, leaving Matt an orphan. And again, you see, somebody has to die. It seems like somebody has to die for a Marvel superhero. Even DC, I mean... Or just any superhero. I and mean, there has to be some sort of tragedy that takes place. That makes them, because you got Batman's parents for him, Spider-Man's uncle... I mean, it's just... Yeah, and, and, you know, that in life is like that for a lot of people. Sometimes that's the the linchpin. That's, you know, either that's what makes you or break you at that point. In order to protect himself, Matt began training to hone his physical abilities and superhuman senses under the tutelage of a mysterious blind stranger named Stick, eventually becoming a highly skilled and expert martial artist. Now, Stick had other qualities he was somewhat mystical magical but he was also in the lead an army of assassins um and he how wanted... close was stick in the tv show to stick in the pretty comic close book. pretty close and that guy's an, ama- TV show, an amazing actor love stick but he he in his Little own bit of way an asshole. in his own way though he loved matt but he wouldn't let him know that which is messed up but he couldn't because that wasn't the purpose for matt the purpose for Matt was to lead this army. Yeah, well, Matt didn't do that, did he? 
because it's just like Batman with Rash Al Ghul. I mean, it's it's you're choosing your own path. I'm choosing to be something else. It doesn't have to be this way. We can still do good things, but I don't have to kill a bunch of people. But they end up killing a bunch of people anyway. I don't care what they say <laughs> in these comic books. They say they don't kill anybody. Yes, yes they, they do. do. Come yes, on. They do. Yes, they do. Stop it. <laughs> Some years later, after graduating from law school with high grades, Matt seeks out the criminal element in Hell's Kitchen and starts his crime-fighting activities. Matt targets the local gangsters who murdered his father and succeeds in bringing them to justice. Justice being he kicked the shit out of them, or justice being he put them in jail. Um, either way. So, I know that in some of the comic books, they, they said the line in the movie. They didn't really say it in the TV show, but... If he couldn't get you in court and you thought you were walking away from it, he'd always tell him that, you know, we'll see you later. And he did. He came back as the devil's hook of Hell's Kitchen or Daredevil and would beat the shit out of you, you know, until you're almost dead. Or, you know, collect enough evidence that way so they can prosecute you and drop you off at the jail. Um, but he was good with either way. He was good with either way, and he actually said he preferred hurting people. Uh, yeah. Well, that helped get some of the anger out too. Yeah, I mean, he—that's he, why. He, I mean, he said that in the TV show. He said, "I." He said, "You have to know that I enjoy doing this. I enjoy hurting you." That was the first season. Yeah. Right before one of the best fight scenes I've ever seen. What well, was? And I'm not gonna say it was realistic, but it is realistic in the way that he would be that fucking exhausted and just like, right. I'm just gonna fucking whatever That's the I first gotta do. You see that too is like they actually show them getting well I mean you've seen it with Captain America well, too he's just exhausted he's just but after all that ass kicking sometimes you, the people kicking the ass just walk off and they're barely out of breath he's like laying there he's, he's like, like oh my god I gotta keep going and I liked how they added that it made it a little more realistic um he eventually donned a costume uh, Don, model Don, Don. that's what I said no you said Don. sorry uh, <clears throat> shit, now you made me think. His costume was modeled after a devil. Matt took um, up a dual life of fighting against the criminal underworld in New York City as the masked vigilante Daredevil, which put him in conflict with many supervillains, including his arch nemesis Bullseye and the Kingpin. The best, best part, Bullseye. The best part of that Daredevil movie was Colin Farrell yeah. as Bullseye. Yeah, Jesus. he was a better bullseye than the TV bullseye. And I like the TV bullseye. I thought he was okay. I like the spin that they put on it, like yeah. why he was the way he was. But Colin Farrell as bullseye was just, amazing. I mean, yeah. Uh, it probably wasn't even true to the comic book, but bullseye is one of my favorite superheroes. I mean, supervillains. I'm sorry. It was amazing. Um, yeah, he just done a great job with it. Yeah. Excellent. Isn't he like Penguin now? Yeah. In the new Batman yeah, which movie? Is, he'll be amazing in that. He was amazing. He's amazing in everything he does. I'm not a Colin Farrell fan, but he's he really good. He can act. He's really good. And I thought the TV show Kingpin was good. Yeah. <coughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And I thought the guy they had in the in the movie was good too. It's just I know Kingpin wasn't black. Kingpin was a big white guy, and that was the whole thing. Is that whole you know white. Uh, Privilege and all of that stuff, it, it touched on that. Um, but that guy, uh, Michael Duncan Clark, I think was his Michael name. Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, which are, he was an amazing actor, too. Yeah. So. Um, Daredevil also becomes a skilled and respected lawyer. 
after graduating from Columbia Law School with his best friend and roommate, Franklin Foggy Nelson, who I loved in the TV show. You loved Foggy in the TV show, but there was there's some there's some uh some moments that were a little like, why are you guys so cry and close? That's weird. You know, I, I, I get it though. Because I mean, Foggy keeps him human. He's so sensitive about meth and things lean. Shut up. That'd be the coolest <laughs> fucking thing ever. Like my best friend is Daredevil. <laughs> Don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> he gonna kick your ass. Uh, with um, whom he becomes law partners, forming the law firm Nelson and Murdoch. Although he is blind, his remaining four senses function with superhuman accuracy and sensitivity, giving him abilities far beyond the limits of a sighted person. Which Foggy should have realized something's up with how with how well he got around and everything. Hades has my foot. I can't move my foot. It's the giddy. Uh, few people know that Matt cannot see because of how well he gets around. Yes. And a lot of people actually thought he faked being blind. Because of how well he gets around. Um, Daredevil developed a radar sense, which is similar to echolocation. Echo. Location. Echolocation. Yeah. I knew I was going to mess it Sound up. Sound and vibration. Sound and vibration. Okay. Uh, Stan Lee said that he was worried that blind people would be offended at how um, far he exaggerated the way a blind person's remaining senses are enhanced, but that his fears were um, put to rest by letters from organiza- organizations such as the um, Lighthouse for the Blind, which said that blind people greatly enjoyed having Daredevil comics read to them. So, you know, he was afraid of offending them, but they all loved it. Oh, come on. Stanley's amazing. I know. Whatever he does. Or did. <clears throat> the uh, Beyonder. I don't know who that is. Uh, they, they didn't get into the Beyonder. And I'm, like I said, I'm not a, I wasn't a huge Daredevil fan growing up, so. I didn't but. know if he showed up somewhere else. Um, it says, the Beyonder once restored Daredevil's eyesight but suspecting a trick on Beyonder's part, Daredevil immediately insisted that his blindness be restored. And that's the thing, too, about Matt Murdock. He's pretty smart, pretty good about sniffing out stuff like that. Yeah, so there probably was a catch. And, of course, the Beyonder agreed. Uh, When Frank Miller expanded most of Daredevil's abilities, he attempted to make them extraordinary enough to be exciting, but not on par with Superman. Correct. Uh, noting Superman's distinctively unbelievable powers, which, let's face it, they kind of are. If you really boil it down to <clears throat> no comic book character should ever beat Superman just because he has got every superpower ever. Right. Which is ridiculous. They also wanted um, Daredevil to have a proximity sense that some martial artist claimed to have. Um, like when you get too close, kind of spatial reality. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going with Spidey sense. Kinda, yeah. Like a, I know somebody's behind me or to my left or. Yeah, because you, you can just like feel them there, the hair on you your. Just yeah, and you just strike immediately. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, due to the character's sensitive sense of touch, Daredevil can read by pressing fingers over Ray the letters knows. on a page, yeah. though laminated pages prevent him from reading the ink. Because it's like when it's printed, or even like just a piece of regular notebook paper that somebody's written on, he can feel and know what's being said, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of neat. 
Um, Daredevil has commonly used his superhuman hearing to serve as a polygraph for interrogations by listening for changes in a person's heartbeat. See that in the show a lot. You do. Yeah, you do see that in the show a lot. Because I didn't know he could do that. This ability can be um, fooled if the other person's heart is not beating at a normal rate, such as if they have an artificial pacemaker, like something that disturbs the heartbeat. Just as um, Daredevil's other senses are stronger, they are also sensitive. His main weakness is his vulnerability to powerful sounds or odors that can temporarily weaken his radar sense. Yeah, and or any kind of head damage too, um, <clears throat> which they touch on a lot in the show. Well, I mean, when Frank Castle kicked his ass in the show, I mean that it kind shot of shot him in the head. Yeah, rocked his world for a minute. Um, but you can see how that would happen. I mean, if you have super hearing, yeah, a loud bang would disrupt your ears. Right. So that's something that he has to filter through. So what is ultimately his strongest thing also is his weakness. Mm-hmm. His, I know the one thing though is his martial arts, uh, the Muay Thai boxing and other stuff that he, that he does, kind of helps him center his chi, helps him center all that stuff. So maybe he has better control of it. But when his anger is out of control, right? And of course, his weaknesses are often used to immobilize him. Alternately, the lack of taste or smell of certain substances can be used against him, such as in one instance of a hallucinogenic drug designed so that Daredevil could not tell he was drugged. Okay. Which would be kind of neat, I guess. Um, His senses are highly acute, capable of sensing the minor atmospheric disturbance created moments before a teleporting character appears. So he knows, like if Nightcrawler's coming at him, He's going to know he's there before before he gets there. Yeah, I think the Netflix show does a really good job of... I mean, that, that's straight from the comic book, but the Netflix show does <laughs> as good a job as any as, as, as making you believe that. Right. Um, because he has to deal with that with the hand. Um, he has to deal with that uh, with um, Iron Fist, you know, when they team up and they're doing their thing. Um, he He's very good with that type of thing. And with Bullseye in the show. I mean, Bullseye... Yeah, he knew where he was throwing stuff. Yeah, like he's unless unless he is vulnerable, you can't you can't hit him, you can't touch him, you can't. I mean, he he just knows when the fists are coming and the weapons are coming. Right. People with superhuman speed, such as Spider-Man, are too fast to be detected and targeted by his radar sense, which makes sense because you don't know where they're going to pop up at. While his radar sense mostly compensates for his blindness, it understandably has certain limitations. He cannot perceive color without touch, and he can only read printed matter if the ink is raised enough for his sense of touch. Apart from, like, the, um, the braille, is that what it's called? Um, yeah. So, if the ink's not popped up, he can't read it. Uh, his radar sense has shown on numerous occasions the ability to, ability to see through walls and fabrics. Which I'm assuming why in the TV show that's why he has, like, a, the scarf over his face. Yeah. And well, and it's also, I mean, I think it helps him, you know, to have something like that. I mean, even his eyes in the suit are kind of 
They're red. They're red, like what, like the glasses that he wears. Right. So it probably helps him filter out certain things, so it's not so. Right. Know. Well, that makes sense because I guess the cloth would be harder to see through, so it would help him focus on what. So he's you're not getting to a touch. bright aura right. around everything. It dulls it a little bit. Uh, the radar sense also grants him an omnidirectional field of vision. So he can see all around him. Because of the radar. Yeah. I mean, he can see all around him, like, what's going on. It's almost like a 3D view that he can see. That's kind of neat. These two latter abilities are the most notable advantages the radar has over normal vision. Though he has no superhuman physical attributes beyond an enhanced sense of balance, Daredevil is a master of martial arts. Having been trained by Stick, Daredevil is a master at hand-to-hand combat, which they show you a lot of in the show. And he is a badass. Fast. Okay, now, bear with me. And Charlie Cox got jacked for that show. He really did. Yeah, and um, that's really, uh, he trained. He, He trained in some of those martial arts that you see because some of that's really him. Well, you can't appreciate it when he's in the in the three piece suit, but you can appreciate it when he's in the daredevil suit because, god damn, his arms. <clears throat> when he's in the black, because it's just like a spandex shirt. Christmas. So bear with me, because these names. Okay, his typical moves are unique blends of the martial arts: ninjutsu, ninjutsu, aki jujitsu, akai, akai jujitsu. Aikido. Aikido, yes. Judo. Yes. Karate. Yes. Jiu-jitsu. Yep. Kung Fu. Yep. Saiti? I don't know. S-I-L-A-T? I don't know. Uh, Capoeira, I think. Wrestling and stick fighting <clears throat> combined with American-style boxing while making full use of his gymnastic capabilities. And he could take a punch. Yes, he can. I, I knew I mixed up some of those. I tried. But he also, the, what Charlie Cox studied was Muay Thai boxing for the show. Because of the ropes. Yeah. Uh, Daredevil's signature weapon is his specially designed baton, which he created. Which you don't really see until the last season, right? Yeah, but I mean, he does use sticks and stuff. Oh, yeah, he does use sticks. But the uh, the nifty stick one I don't think you see until the last season no 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 he he, he takes he used the, down. I know but the one that's actually got like the thing that shoots out yeah that's not until the last season I don't think um which the last season was amazing the first season was amazing the second season because of Frank Castle was amazing <clears throat> there wasn't a bad season for Daredevil or yeah Daredevil you could watch him over and over again yeah Designed as a blind man's cane in civilian garb, uh, it is a multi-purpose weapon and tool that contains 30 foot of aircraft control cable connected to a case-hardened steel grappling hook. That's what I was trying to get out. Um, Internal mechanisms allow the cable to be neatly wound and unwound while a powerful spring launches the grapple. That can't be what he has been carrying around through the whole thing because he's got the foldable ones that he just throws all over the place. Right. So he must have, like, a closet full of them things. Because every episode, he's throwing one somewhere. 
It's like, dude, you kind of need to keep this rod up. So maybe keep one somewhere. Uh, the handle can be straightened for use when throwing. The clubs can be split into two parts. One of which is a fighting baton. The other which ends in a curved hook. In his civilian identity, Matt is a skilled and respected New York attorney. He is also a skilled detective, tractor, tractor, tracker, and um, interrogation expert. Yeah. As well as being an expert marksman. Which is very impressive considering Frank can't see. After his identity was publicly exposed... Um, and he was forced to relocate to San Francisco. Mac's secret identity as Daredevil was restored by the Purple Children, uh, the childrens of his old foe, the Purple Man. Jesus Christ, these names. The Purple Man. That's, that's serious. You don't want the red one. From the description given by the Purple Children, their influence renders it impossible for anyone to determine Daredevil's secret identity. Through deductive research unless he actually tells them who he is under the mask or someone unmasks him. So, I'd never heard of the purple people before this. I haven't either, but they sound serious. Now, here's one of your favorite ones. Batman. So, the bat. So, there's been many, many, many movies about Batman. And all of them, to their own right, do a pretty decent job. I like Michael Keaton because that, again... Was the one we grew up watching. Yeah, was the one we grew up watching. And of course, Adam West. I'm not going to disrespect it for the time. That was probably a decent it's, show. Yeah, for the time, yeah. Um, Michael Keaton, though, brought a little bit... And Tim Burton also just brought a little bit of darkness to it. Still with the comic book feel. Right. Jack Nicholson was a great Joker. For the, the Tim Burton yes, Batman, yes. Absolutely. It got a little stupid after the second one. Um, and then changing all the <coughs> Batmans, I didn't like that at all. I don't. I think, I can't remember why Michael Keaton didn't come back. But the George Clooney Batman yeah. should have never happened. That entire what, movie should have never happened. I jacked off so many times to Michelle Pfeiffer as the Catwoman. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's TMI. It is TMI. But it was too damn good. Time. They have a pop figure of that Catwoman. Oh, I want it. Just iconic. Then, you know, you don't really hear after that terrible run of Batman movies after the Michael Keaton when it was Val Kilmer. And Val Kilmer's was, wasn't George bad. Clooney. The George Clooney was. I'm just saying. It just, you know what? If the guy's not coming back, just quit making the films. They were they were terrible because they weren't what you were used to. Right. Um, Even either, the bad guys weren't that good. No, and sometimes you had a good Batman. Well, sometimes, sometimes you had a good Batman. Sometimes you had a good Bruce Wayne. With Michael Keaton, I thought he did good at both for the Tim Burton style of Batman. Yeah, but Val Kilmer was a better Bruce Wayne than Batman. Correct. And George Clooney wasn't good at either. No. And then, all of a sudden, you have so many years gap, and you have, you have a Batman Begins, and you're like, what the fuck is this? And who's Christian Bale? And this looks kind of interesting. Um, and it actually shows the training. Now, the thing, the, 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 the draw with the, the first Batman with Michael Keaton is he's already Batman. In one of the first scenes, he's telling motherfuckers, I'm Batman. Right. And dropping you 
you know, and the off thing, a building that you're gonna die. The but, thing that was aggravating about the Tim Burton Batmans was every bad guy was the one that killed his parents. Yeah, that's you know, that's 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 a director thing. That's not the comic book thing. Um, the character Batman, though, you know, they went old school with the costume and. I, I just I, there's I always have a place in my heart for those two Batman movies that Michael Keaton. Did oh Batman. yeah, they were great. I, I always have a place for them. Um, but then Christian Bale came out, and you're like, oh my god, hey, that's badass. And they're not making it so out there that you can't see somebody doing it if they have the money and the resources. And they don't touch on to the whole backstory very much because everybody already knows it. Right, but they do touch on his training. Which yeah, that's the first time you've seen it. Um, because in my opinion. Aside from your big characters like Thor and the Hulk and Dr. Manhattan, Batman can pretty much beat anybody. He can pretty much beat anybody, with the exception of these super-powered folks that really don't have a weakness. Uh, um, let's be fair. Hulk has a weakness. All Batman has to do is get Betty and set Betty down in front of Hulk, and it's like instant calm down. Makes no sense. No. Okay. Anyway, so going back to Batman... Um, Christian Bale, he comes out, and he, in my opinion, uh, to this, to up to that point, is the best Batman. Is it because he's the new Batman? Is it because he's got a good Batman voice? Is it, you know, no? It, I think I think it's just he showed you the emotion of the character and where it was coming from. Right. You know, why this guy is becoming Batman, and he explains it too when he's talking to Alfred and why he feels he has to do this. Um, then they get stupid with the Dark Knight Rises, and you're like, oh. the best part of the third Batman Christian Bale is movie Bane. is Bane. Is Bane? I mean, Tom Hardy is always amazing, and Heath Ledger as Joker, amazing. Yeah, I mean, but it, see, I, I don't think they went comic book Bane, comic book Joker, because it didn't fit that that director's, that director's vision. He wanted something that was somewhat like you could reach out and touch it. Like there might be some kind of lunatic just wearing fucking clown makeup, mm-hmm. making up stories about where he's from and, and just causing chaos. There might be just this big dude from... And he has to wear the mask because of respiratory issues right. and stuff, right? You know, so they, they kind of <clears throat> went off away from the comic book and kind of tried to explain it. Honestly, I think the Tom Hardy Bane is better than the, the stupid green Bane right. that you have to push a button for. And let's be realistic. That Bane was a fucking badass. Uh, I mean, I did not like, because I did not buy that, that was supposed to be the Dark Knight Rises, Batman's supposed to be in his 60s. I did not buy that, uh, what's his name, was in his 60s. I didn't well, no, he him. wasn't. He yeah. wasn't. He was just broke down. And and that Catwoman, I like horrible. Anne Hathaway. Horrible. But that was like a horrible Catwoman. So then... That ends, and you're like, oh, okay, well, whatever. You get the Superman movie, and you're like, oh, he's kind of a good Superman. I like him. I mean, I always have a place for Christopher Reeves. Again, grew up watching the Christopher right. Reeves always Superman. Have a, always have a place for him. Um, but you get this new guy, and you're like, wow, he's pretty good. And I like Brandon Roth, too, but you, this new guy. You're like Henry Cavill. Brandon got, Roth does better in the CW shows. Yeah. But, I mean, this Henry Cavill, he brings some grit to Superman. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, okay. You know, he's... He, he, he might do some shit that's a little unethical. I like him. Um, and then you get the announcement that Ben Affleck is going to be the Batman. 
And then everybody's like, no! He killed Daredevil. <laughs> because no. you go back to the Daredevil no. and it's like... <laughs> so, you give it a shot and you come out of there and, you, and I don't know about anybody else and everybody's entitled to their opinion. He is the best hands-down Batman-Bruce Wayne combination I've seen. Yes, because you buy him as both. Now, I don't think he would have been right as a young Batman. I don't. No, he does He does the I've, good, older, distinguished Batman. Not distinguished... Well, the, the... Angry. The distinguished Bruce Wayne. This is the Batman from Batman versus Superman, which they fucked up that comic book, but it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. That is the Batman I like. That is the Batman that is violent, fed up, tortures. Oh, he killed some bitches in that movie. Um, he will fucking kill you at... at as to look at you. If, you can't tell me in that one fight scene before he gets Superman's mom that he did not break that guy's neck when he threw him on his head like that. Well, he exploded the one guy. Well, he exploded an entire truck full of guys. I mean, he's. I mean, he gets. A motherfucker gets stabbed with a knife and he just pulls it out and he's like, yeah, right in you. The worst part about that movie, apart from the. Your mom's name's the same as mine, let's be best friends. Fucking Lex Luthor. Yeah, oh, they're just a horrible. They should, they, they could have. You know who the best Lex Luthor was? Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey, and I hate to say that because he's a real fucking piece of shit. But Kevin Spacey was the best Lex but Luthor. But he is acting wise, did a great job with that character. But back to Ben Affleck, <clears throat> just a great Batman. I like the Gotham show. Um, I didn't like him in Super Friends. You know the uh, Justice League. I didn't like that. I didn't well, like what they we, did. The Batman, Batman is not a one-liner. I know. But we've seen two versions of the Joss Whedon Justice League. The second version had some added stuff into it. And Batman wasn't as bad as the first version we've seen. I will leave judgment. I'll save judgment until I've seen the Zack Snyder. I'm excited to see the Zack Snyder. Yeah, it's going to be like four hours long. I'm excited to see But it. I think it's going to be worth it. Um, but Batman, to me, kind of symbolizes that whole thing that we all, I don't know, struggle with. The uh, darkness and the light. Um, and sometimes you're overtaken by that darkness, but it can be used for good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he strives to do. Um, that's my favorite version of Batman. Not the sitting with the super friends and the whole of justice and I'm also the guy who works by himself right and everybody including Superman is threatened well, you by this be. one human right one who human. actually gave uh, uh, dark side a fight mm-hmm. a human now the the Rob Pattinson Batman is that <sighs> what I know that's gonna be a yeah. stretch yeah because <laughs> you see you see Rob Pattinson yeah. and you think Edward Cullen. I will tell you what I've seen of the, the trailer. The trailer, it's going, it looks good. He uses the line, I yeah. am vengeance. Yeah. Because he does, the whole line is, I am vengeance, I am the knight. Um, so which, they, they the, said they're going uh, after like a, a detective noir type the, thing? Yeah, like the hush Batman. Um, he's got a tenuous, tenuous relationship with the police officers. This is like the second, I think year, what I've read, this is two. the second year of him being Batman. Yeah, year two. Year one, when he when he came back, he was just kind of getting his And that's the um, cartoon movie we watched, right? right. Um, this is year two. This is, you're going to have the Riddler, but you're going to have the more violent Riddler. You're going to have the Penguin, but it's more the gangster style Penguin who 
who's violent. Who, um, so far, cartoon, live action movie, favorite Joker? So far? Including the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. I have to be honest. The Joaquin Phoenix Joker scared the shit out of me. Not scared me in the way that I'm scared of him. It scared me because... There's actually people out there like that. And he started a whole movement. That's what's scary about him. Heath Ledger, hands down, fuck. I wouldn't want to be in a room with that guy. No way. This other guy, I'd be like, oh, he's all right. He's just, you know, he's kind of weird. Don't worry about it. Last lot. And then all of a sudden you got a fucking army of clowns coming at you and he's dancing (laughs) down the fucking steps with blood all over him. And you're like, this was the guy who said it was okay. He's just a little weird. (laughs) That's what's scary about that Joker. So I think he's done the best job. And also it's what he brought the to the forefront, the mental community, the, how we overlook people with mental right. disabilities, how we treat people, because we don't treat them very nice. Um, and, and just uh, a lot of the things that he says, yes, he's born with some of these things, but we made him. The way he is. Because we turned our back on him, and we made fun of him, and you know we, we allowed bad things to happen to, to these people. It, it just it makes you think, I mean, that's the scary part, is that you created that film. And now it's kind of back to bite you in the, in the ass. What about Mark Hamill? Mark Hamill has the best Joker laugh ever. It's it terrifying is. because I grew up watching Star Wars. Like, Star Wars was legit my first words. And to hear that Luke Skywalker... Is a great Joker. Is the freaking Joker. It scares you to death. And then, you know, because he also was in the Flash show the original Flash show and then the new one as the Traster. Right. And he's in there and he starts laughing and I looked at you and I'm like, that's a Joker laugh. <laughs> well, from the movies, I mean, from the cartoon movies, yeah, it is the, it is the Joker laugh. Um, and it's, it's, it's that's chilling. The, that's the hardest part for people playing the Joker is to nail the laugh. I think Heath Ledger had his own way of doing it which was spooky too. Yeah. Because he didn't try to go that that high pitch. He nah. just, ah, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, just, just that creepy, like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> and the way that Joaquin Phoenix did it is, as a disability. As it, as, yeah, as a like mental he illness help, that he couldn't help it. Um, was also kind of frightening in its own way, too. I think that uh, they're going to tie that in with some of the Batman stuff. Not that Joaquin Phoenix will be the Joker, but I think be the he's going to be the person that leads. Because the Joker, you don't know who the Joker is because there's the so Joker many. The Joker is a movement. Right, but there's so many. People pick the mantle up. Yeah, because there's so many origin stories. Right, and, that, and that's the thing is nobody really knows. And I kind of like how in the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, you see Thomas Wayne as an asshole. Well, yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, in every adaptation that you have seen he's a fucking saint well in this new Batman though they're going to play on the fact that he was corrupt I think and part of the society of owls yeah they there's hint, there's yeah. a lot of easter eggs to that 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 could possibly um, be a thing so that's what makes me think they're going to try to maybe tie this in with uh, Joker a little bit it doesn't seem like the same time period but I don't know the end of the Joker Joaquin Phoenix Joker it looked like his hair had grayed a little bit yeah, he'd been in Arkham for a minute. Yeah, it looked that way. And the one chick was no longer a social worker. She was a psychologist now. Was that the same one I that he killed? So. I think so.
So I never noticed that, that that might have been the same person. And then after he kills her and he goes dancing down the hallway, he just embodies crazy. He does. And I kind of like, too, where they kind of hinted, well, I guess it wasn't hinted, it was pretty blatant, that uh, Thomas Wayne was his dad. Yeah. And a lot of people got mad about that, but wasn't there a Thomas Wayne Jr.? I think it's, I think it's a good, because the bat, the Batman and the Joker are so close in their psychological profiles. And there's got to be a reason why. They're so close. There's got to be a reason why the Joker has such a hard-on for Batman. Because he sees himself in Batman, just like Batman sees the Joker. That's why he, he could never bring himself to kill him. Is that why Zoom went after Barry so bad? Because they were almost identical. Maybe. Because of the situations. Because Zoom's dad killed his mom. Whereas Barry's dad was framed for killing his mom. And it was just like a trigger. Because Hunter Zolomon didn't have a Joe. Hunter Zolomon was sent to an orphanage. And that's why he turned out bad. But you had Barry who had Joe. Which made him good. It's kind of it's kind of weird. Well, let's get into a little bit of Batman here. Batman, of course, unfortunately, is a fictional superhero. Yes. Appearing in American comic books published by DC Comics. So I guess they just say American comic books because it's a comic book based in America. Uh, the character was created by artist uh, Bob Kane and writer Bill Finger. Yeah, I think the Bob Kane is the, is the, is the, the controversial one. Um, originally named the Batman, which just, I think, is better. The Batman instead of Batman. Makes him a little scarier. Uh, the character is also referred to by such names as the Caped Crusader. The Dark Knight and the World's Greatest Detective. I like the Dark Knight. So I think the the World's Greatest Detective is the way they are taking the Rob Pattinson Batman. Right. Which is going to be kick-ass. I mean, it is. It's going to be kick-ass. The Cape Crusader works with the Robin. Yeah, that's your Adam West. Yeah. Which, in its own right, had its... Oh, it was great. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was its thing. Yeah, for the time. It was in the 60s, wasn't yeah, it? No, I think it was it just it's just like the first Hulk show came out, you know. I mean, I, I still love that, um, even though it's hokey. And the green paint wasn't everywhere yeah. sometimes. But that's that's what I grew up on, and it didn't right. tell the comic book the right way, but I, I still like it. Right. Uh, Batman's secret identity is Bruce Wayne. A wealthy American playboy philanthropist and owner of Wayne Enterprises. Oh my god, didn't Tony Stark say that? Yeah, that's uh, Iron Man's kind of like the answer to Batman. Oh, I forgot to ask this question before we got into this. Best Alfred? Um, Jeremy Irons. That's mine. (laughs) Jeremy Irons is the best. He's such a smartass. Michael Caine being the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy Uh, Irons so far is my favorite. But Jeremy Irons does a hell of a job. And it's going to be weird because I think the Alfred for... Is the Alfred for this one the one that was Smeagol? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, the only thing I can gather from this new 
uh, Batman is the, of course, the Court of Owls, but also that he can beat the shit out of somebody. I'm wanting to say that the Alfred in this one was the one that was Gollum and Smeagol in Lord of the Rings. That might be. And he was also a bad guy in uh, Black Panther, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. He was in a couple other. He was in Age of Ultron, too, I think. Yeah, and I think he was in a King Kong movie, too, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, Batman originated from an incident in Bruce's childhood. After witnessing the murder of his parents, Dr. Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne, he swore vengeance against criminals, an oath tempered by a sense of justice. Uh, Bruce's, Bruce trains himself physically and intellectually and crafts a bat-inspired persona to fight crime. And he picked a bat because of where he fell down and bats were everywhere, right? He, there's a lot of stories about that, but he basically he fears bats. So he used what he was afraid of to scare other people. To conquer his own fear. Well, it worked. And then turned it on other people. Yes, if you lived in Gotham... You were scared you of bats. feared the Batman. You saw that light come on and shit ran down your leg. Um, and I will tell you, the way that they showed him in Batman versus Superman, like... Brandon people. That's how he is supposed to be. Um, that is the fed up, I'm going to fucking get... I'm going to do whatever I need to do, Batman. Not, I'm going to do the nice, nice thing. That's the Batman that kills people. And that's the Batman we all love. Now, do you think they should do a Robin? I think if they did it right, it would be cool. And I think what they should do is do the one where he, where Dick Grayson turns into Nightwing. I think that would be a good story. Because they've hinted at Robins. Because you see Jason, Jason Todd's, Todd's suit, suit yes. in the uh, Batman Sur- Superman. That's yeah, because that that shows you where where you're at with Batman at that point. Because that's you're already three Robins in. He's but you've already, never seen a Robin, so that's no. where it kind of throws you because they show you Jason Todd's suit, but I, you've not seen I think a Robin. The be, I think the best way, if you want to tell a Robin story, is you do a Nightwing movie that flashes back to him being Robin. The, the way they've done it, where right. you don't have to have, because you kind of already know the origin story right. at this point. Right, and, and I think even better than a movie, a show. A Nightwing show where... CW can do it. They've done an amazing job with these DC... It's kind of like what I said they should do with God of War is, you know, you, you do a show that, you know, he flashes back to, you know, and you have episodes where he's all in, in Greece and stuff and he's trying to teach Atreus. And, but you could do the same thing with Robin where... And we'll go into more depth with that oh, when we do our God of War yeah. podcast. Yeah. I tell you what, man. I have always love the Incredible Hulk. It's always been my number one guy. There's no doubt about it. But once Until I playing, God of War came out. Oh, <laughs> I struggle with who I like better. I mean, I like them both. Trust me, that's a close, close race. But, I mean, it, it's it's within a pecker head. I mean, oh my God. It's just it is that close. But I tell you, God of War, man, I wish that, I wish that God really existed. That well, we'll get into him when we do his. Uh, Batman operates in the fictional Gotham City uh, with assistance from various supporting characters, including his butler Alfred, police commissioner Jim Gordon, and vigilante allies such as Robin. Now, how, in the scheme of things, how freaking close is Gotham to... Oh, hell, what's Superman City? Smallville. No, that's where he grew Metropolis. up. Metropolis. 
I, I think it's still within like the Kansas thing and Gotham is probably I think they what do they attribute that to? I forget what city. But it's within I Gotham was kinda like Chicago. It's pretty close. Like I mean it's close It's in, confusing because you got Star City where Arrow's right. at, you got National City where Barry's at. And they're all supposed to be Or no, that's Central City. National City is Supergirl. Yeah, they're all supposed to be close. Well they are now, I mean after the uh which we skipped a bunch just so we could watch that five part. But it is the city for DC Comics anyway. The city distinguishes the hero. You know, if it's Gotham, you're talking about Batman. You and know, National it's Metro, City, right? it's you know that that's the hero you're talking about. Metropolis you know, is you, Superman. You, you catch wind that Superman's in Gotham. Something going down. Because well, that's Batman's. Well, because Batman says stay out of my city. And Batman has like the shittiest one. Yeah, it's my city. Stay he's, out of it. Yeah, he's got the shithole. Right. Which is kind of messed up, but whatever. Uh, unlike most superheroes, Batman does not possess any inhuman superpowers. He always says that his superpower is money. That is what I like about Batman. <laughs> and that was funny in Justice League when he picks up Barry. He's like, so what's your superpower? And he looks at him and he's like, I'm rich. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But it's more than that. He's actually super intelligent. Probably one of the... No, he not probably. He is one of the smartest people in the DC Universe. I think we checked it. He was in the top five, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, Like somewhere around three. Yeah. Um, he's also in excellent top physical condition. I mean, the man... I don't know how he works out five hours a day, runs his business, and is Batman at night. But that's... He doesn't sleep. I think it said that he got what... He takes these naps that are like 30-minute naps throughout the day. But he's trained himself to where that 30 minutes is almost like an eight-hour... Yeah, because he goes right directly into a REM sleep. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, we read something about that. It, yeah. He's a master of a bunch of martial arts. He's a master of weaponry, guerrilla warfare, strategy. I mean... I would not want to come across him or Frank Castle because... You're not winning that. No, no, no. You might think you got him. No, no. Shit. No. You don't. Um, and she said, like, uh. Like Kevin Hart said, I can't be Batman. I can't be Batman. (laughs) Get out of that fucking bed. I can't be Batman. (laughs) Why would you put a Batman doing that over top of your son's bed? I got a little scared too. I can't be Batman. Get out of the fucking bed. I just, I don't understand. Put him on the wall. I get. But your son looking up and having that. No. No. Uh, Batman does possess a genius level (coughs) intellect and is a peerless martial artist. And his vast wealth affords him an extraordinary arsenal of weaponry and equipment. And how much of that does he make, or how much of it does he take from Lucius Fox? Is Lucius Fox actually a comic book? I think at some point there is a Lucius Fox, but for the most part, Alfred and him make their own stuff. Because they showed that... They make their own stuff. Like the suit he made. Well, the helmet he made, but some of the suit he got from Lucius. Yeah, and again, I think that was just that director's way of saying, in real life, this is how I could see this happening. Is you have to have a plant that makes these machines 
you know, the, this this would be, you know, what Wayne Enterprises was, or it's a lost division of Wayne Enterprises, just like Tony Stark, you know, this was kind of like a lost division of Stark Enterprises or Industries, and, oh, look, it just happens to power all my weapons, you know, I mean, it's, it's... Well, that's because he was actually a... Tony Stark was actually smart enough to figure out what they missed on the arc reactor. So, it was there. They just hadn't put everything together yet, but he was smart enough to put it into his chest to keep him alive. But most of the time, if you watch the Batman movies, you'll see that even though Lucius makes something... Batman improves it. or Or he'll fix what Lucius... Says, oh, I couldn't get this working, but this will work just fine for you. Because he did something to a hel- helicopter and something that we yeah, watched. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, fix it. You know, I mean, or the, you know, the whole thing with the uh, the, tr- the tracing of the phone with the sonar on the phone and to get it to work just right and then yeah. destroy after. He's like, yeah, I fixed that already. It's taken care of. And then gives Lucius the power to keep it or get rid of it. Yeah, so although you got people helping you batman is the one or bruce wayne and is improves the one. it or fixes it the way because, that he wants it because of the intellect that he right. has and he's one too that stands against corruption oh so yeah yeah there's not yeah we're not yeah we, i have these cool weapons but he doesn't let him fall into the wrong hands and he doesn't use them for the wrong things kind of like tony right well it's my suit you can't have it and you can't have it so but i gave you world peace yeah. So Iron Man too. Right. But I, I think that, that Batman has that same sort of mentality. Like well right Son of a bitch. Yeah, he has this oh, oh it's coming at you. It's coming Don't. At you. Look at it. Oh my god, it's on you. Hey, Tommy, ah. Get it. I'll get the fuck out of here. Sorry, we're getting attacked by a spider. Okay, spider gone. Alright, throw that away. Oh my god, I think it did somehow make it a web that attached to my shoulder. I think it did. I think it did. Well, it's okay. that time of the year. So. Okay. But anyway, I, I think that's that's the whole Batman mentality. <coughs> is, yeah, he, he, he may have somebody helping him. Usually it's him and Alfred, but he improves. Because Alfred's the only one he can really 100% trust. That's the only one he does trust, is Alfred. I mean, I know Robin and stuff, but... Alfred is... At the end of the day, he knows Alfred's not going anywhere. Correct. Unless it's the Dark Knight Rises. That's the dumbest movie. A large assortment of villains make up Batman's rogues gallery. Mm-hmm. Uh, including his nemesis, the Joker. Because they have, like, a group where he just calls the rogues. And the Joker usually is the leader. Always. And a lot of them have the, the makeup. I mean, a lot of them are clown-based. But, you know, I mean, he's got the Riddler. He's got... Penguin. Croc. Penguin. Uh, <clears throat> Mr. Death, Freeze. Deathstroke. You know, and, and Deathstroke is an assassin. He's, I thought Deathstroke was Arrows. No, he's a Batman. Really? But he's also Arrows, too, yes. Um, Bruce Wayne resides on the outskirts of Gotham City in his personal residence, Wayne Manor. Uh, Wayne <clears throat> averts suspicion by acting the part of a superficial playboy, idly living off his family's fortune and the profits of Wayne Enterprises, his inherited company. Because he would, like, freaking fall asleep during meetings at Wayne Enterprises. Yes. <clears throat> but that's a good way of making people overlooking. Because he's listening, but you don't realize he's listening and paying attention. Right. 
And that's how he's able to buy his company back, which was just hilarious. It was so funny. Um, he supports philanthropic causes through his nonprofit Wayne Foundation, but is more widely known as a celebrity socialite. Which is what they showed in Superman, Batman vs. Superman, where Wayne Relief Fund is going to help the people in Metropolis and, and, and other cities where, you know, after Superman and Zod fought. Remember, it was... Right. He was, that's why he was there. And I think Batman's big beef with Superman is he didn't realize Superman was here the entire time. Well, and it was just that he has all of this power at, when it you know when he decides he's not going to be a friend anymore we need a way to stop him you know and, and that was Alfred's point was he's been here all this time and not well they didn't know up until that point that he had yeah, been here the whole time even after they knew he was still like well if there's just one percent chance that he could destroy everything then we need to stop him or at least have like a kill switch for in in case he does, like in case of emergency, break glass. Right, and, and so because can, doesn't he go bad at some point? Oh yeah, and 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 in the comic book, he does get his ass whooped by Batman. Batman does whoop his ass a couple times. Um, and, and I that's one of the things I love about Batman. He figured it out. He figured it out. Oh, kryptonite! I make kryptonite what? He made kryptonite everything. Not a big deal. We can deal with this. <sighs> And did he? Did Batman figure out the kryptonite before Lex Luthor? I think or did so. he? I think so. I think he figured it out. Um, and then just say, waited for... It, it, it didn't say that, but I think he figured it out. And then and, waited for Lex to get well, it. Well, because he knew that's what Lex was going after, and he's like, you know what? I'll just take it from Lex. Yep. Um, in public, he frequently appears in the company of high-status women, which encourages tabloid gossip. So are we talking hookers? Oh, I would say not hookers. Maybe escorts. It's a hooker. Nah, this is like your high dollar, you know, like. Are you paying him to be there? Yeah. It's a hooker. Yeah, I guess. I mean, but it's Bruce Wayne. I mean, you don't have to have a hooker. I'm just saying. Uh, Although Bruce leads an active romance, uh, romantic life, his vigilante activities as Batman account for most of his time. I mean, think about it. You're going to pay people to go out with you. Because you can't very well put in time and effort into a relationship. He can't. And he's got needs like every other human would have that he's got to satisfy. But he also... Because you can pay for him when you're done. Okay, go away. And they don't ask questions. We're watching Dexter right now because we're getting... We're excited about the next season of Dexter that's going to come out. But I would equate it, his need to be Batman, as Dexter's need to kill. He needs that other side of him he has to have it it keeps it calm it's it's something that he feels like he has to do because that's who he is is it a control issue yeah oh absolutely he's got control issues but he it's almost like he feels like the best person to have this burden is him because he knows how best to handle it and he's not going to corrupt well didn't he have a relationship with um selena kyle don't they have a kid yeah wasn't it raven yeah and and you know what is someone as smart as bruce someone as smart as batman or i mean still has needs still falls in love still has feelings for people still has 
you know, and maybe he saw something in Selena, even though she wasn't all good. She wasn't all bad either. He wanted to see the good. He wanted to help her, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe uh, they were just into kinky shit. Could be. He may have liked that leather outfit. Bruce Wayne's principles include the desire to prevent future harm and a vow not to kill. Dude, you've killed people. Get off it. Or is it a vow not to kill the Joker? Because he knows that's the one line he can't cross. I'm going to tell you what. (coughs) I don't care what version of Batman you watch. He's killed somebody. Yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, Now that, to me, either... It's like Daredevil. I don't kill people. Yeah, you do. Okay. So, if you beat somebody up and live an hour after you beat the shit out of them, then they died, did you kill them? Because that had to have happened. Because if you didn't beat them up, they wouldn't have been in the hospital and they wouldn't have died. Right. So, yeah, you've killed people. <coughs> you've killed people. And so, that's Batman. Yes. Uh, Bruce believes that our actions define us and we fell for a reason and anything is possible. Which kind of, you see that in all the movies. Sure. He, and he's not someone... Well, he, in, in, in the dark night, he was feeling pretty bad about, you know, his girl dying and what happened to Harvey. And he was kind of doubting himself. But it was Alfred who made him see that, you know, when you, when you fall down... You get back up. You get back up. Uh, Bruce Wayne said, I must have a disguise... Criminals are a superstitious, cowardly lot, so my disguise must be able to strike terror into their hearts. I must be a creature of the night, black, terrible, a.a. bat. Which is terrifying and to some people, but I will tell you, it's not the costume that's terrifying. No, it's the person in the costume. It's the persona. That is the that is who he is. Batman is that persona, the Dark Knight, the Bat, whatever you want to call him. That dark character is who he is. Bruce Wayne is the cover. Yeah, Batman is who he is. He's always Batman. He's always listening. He's always almost stalking who he's going to take care of. That is his that's who he is twenty four seven. Right. Uh, the driving force behind Bruce's uh, character is his parents' murder and their absence. Despite his trauma, he sets his mind to studying to become a scientist and to train his body into physical perfection to fight crime in Gotham City as Batman, an inspired idea from Bruce's insight into the criminal mind. So he'd almost have to be a shrink, too. Oh, he's very smart, yes. Another of Batman's characterizations is that of a vigilante. In order to stop evil that started with the death of his parent, he must sometimes break the law himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman is often treated as a vigilante by others. The asshole also speaks 40 different languages. The only time he could sleep is in those 30-minute intervals. He ain't got no time for anything else. I know, right? It's like, wow. Okay. All right. You're pushing the envelope a bit. 40 languages. Yeah. And how are you going to remember all that shit anyway? Whatever. I know that he um, also has like a photographic memory. He would have to. I mean, he's 
and he, he's and like he's, Doctor Strange. Once he reads something, it's there. It's not going anywhere. Um, dressed as a bat, uh, Batman deliberately cultivates a frightening, a fear that orig- originates from the criminal's own guilty conscience. I yeah, yeah. Miller is often credited with uh, reintroducing anti-heroic traits into Batman's characterization, such as his brooding, brooding personality, willingness to use violence and torture, and increasingly alienated behavior. Yeah, because at some point it's just him and Alfred. Like he's pushed and shut out everybody else. Alfred's the only one that can put up with his grumpy ass. You know, the scene that comes to mind, this is what's really scary, the scene that comes to mind is when he is interrogating Heath Ledger, Joker, and he puts the chair against the door, and he starts beating the shit out of the Joker, and all the Joker can do is laugh. <laughs> he says, don't start with the head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, that is terrifying. <laughs> if you're Batman and you're doing this, and the guy's like, what are you doing? It's like, don't, never start with the head. It makes things all fuzzy. It gets, it gets fuzzy. <laughs> oh, God. Batman, shortly a year after his debut in the introduction of Robin, was changed in 1940 after DC editor uh, Whitney Ellsworth felt the character would be tainted by his lethal methods and DC established their own ethical code. Subsequently, he was reconnected as having a sturgent moral code. Why would Batman have a moral code? He can't. It's a... He can't. I mean, he, he does, yes. And, and yes, he can. But what I mean is, he has to be willing to go to the level where he needs to go to. Someone fucking yeah, yeah. But he knows that he can't go that one little toe out of line and kill the Joker. He can't. Because the Joker wins. Because the Joker wins, and then he becomes the Joker. I don't think he ever does anything intentionally to kill people. <clears throat> I think it just happens. I just think it happens. Well, when you when you drop a motherfucker on their neck, I mean, it, you blow something up, you've killed people. I guess it's not a confirmed kill, so it's like, well, I didn't kill that guy. You took <laughs> that. <laughs> I didn't kill that guy. I didn't see it. You took the oh. Batmobile through the bed of a tractor trailer, <clears throat> hitting three people... As it goes through. You shot the flamethrower tank on a guy who's holding the flamethrower and he blows up. Hey, I didn't see it. I, I mean, don't know. Y- you've killed him. I don't know if he died. I told, <clears throat> I told Jim Gordon I didn't know. And of course, Batman has no inherent superhuman powers. No, he relies. I love about him. He relies solely on his scientific knowledge, detective skills, and athletic <coughs> prowess. Uh, Batman's inexhaustible wealth gives him access to advanced technologies and as a proficient scientist he is able to use and modify these techniques to his advantage. Uh, In the stories Batman is regarded as one of the world's greatest detectives if not the world's greatest solver. I beg to differ. I bet Sherlock Holmes could beat him. Uh, Batman has been reportedly described as having a genius level intellect being one of the greatest martial artists in DC Universe and having peak human physical conditioning. When the motherfucker works out five hours a day, he better be at peak physical health. Actually, you want me to tell you why that's probably not true? 
because you have to have days of rest in between for your muscles to actually heal. Um, and what so does you, it say so he does it every day? So you get strong. Yes, it does, actually. <coughs> yeah, I mean, actually. What I if he some, works different parts every day? Well, that, I guess you could do that. But what the fuck are you going to do for five hours on your legs? I mean, to me, it's an over-exaggeration. But yes, he works very hard on his physical condition because he doesn't have the luxury. I mean, time is not on his side. As he gets older, it gets harder. So you have to have that. Well, and the wear and tear of and all the fighting. And you're going up against people who are super. They do have super and younger and younger and actually probably more skilled in certain things. Can't imagine that. Uh, as a um, polymath, is that right? His knowledge and experience in countless disciplines is nearly unparalleled by any other character in the DC universe. Um, he has traveled the world, acquiring the skills needed to aid him in his endeavors as Batman. Uh, Batman has trained extensively in various different fighting styles, making him one of the best hand-to-hand fighters in the DC Universe. And you're right, he has fully utilized his photographic memory to master a total of 127 different forms of martial arts. I didn't know there were that many. And they show a little bit of that in Batman vs. Superman when uh, he's going where they're doing the cage fighting. And he tells the one fighter. The one guy how to fight and win. He whispers in his ear. And then that guy automatically like wins the fight. Yeah. Because he's telling him what to do. Because he's analyzing as he's as he's fighting. That's how Batman does. That's how he beats you. As, as you. He's taking the punches as you give them to him. Because he's trying to figure out what you're doing. And then he just analyzes it. <clears throat> and then counter it, counters it. Kind of like the the Robert Downey Sherlock, or the Robert Downey even in um, Iron Man when he was fighting uh, Cap, he said analyze fighting style, and the suit analyzed the fighting style, and then he said counter. It's the same thing Batman does. I just he doesn't do it in a suit. Right. Well, he does, but not a metal suit. Uh, Batman is strongly disciplined, and he has the ability to function under great physical pain. And resists, and he can resist most forms of telepathy and mind control, because he has so much discipline over his mind. I think Frank Castle is the same way; that they are both um, so physically in tune with themselves and their minds that they can't be controlled. I think they—it's been tried, and they can to like the littlest extent. But it, I think that they know they're there. And he can, they can fight him off. Which I found very interesting. Um, he is a master of disguise, uh, multilingual, and an expert in espionage, often gathering information under the identity of a notorious gangster named Matches Malone. Was that when Stan Lee yeah. was with DC? No, that, that got dumb, didn't it? Some of these names, I just, I don't understand. Batman is highly skilled in stealth movement and escapology. He's a fucking ninja. Is that right? Escapology? Which allows him to appear and disappear at will and to break free of nearly inescapable death traps with little to no harm. Batman is an expert in interrogation techniques and his intimidating and frightening appearance alone is often all that is needed. And getting information from suspects. I imagine so. 
Because you already have to think a grown-ass man walking around in a bat costume ain't all there. I'm just saying. I mean, I, that would be... I'm, now, if you're wearing the gray Batman suit, I might not be that scared. But if you're wearing the all-black and you got a demon face, I might... What do you want to know? I'll tell you everything. You don't have to hit me. Despite having the potential to harm his enemies, Batman's most defining characteristic is his strong commitment to justice and his reluctance to take a life. <clears throat> so I guess he doesn't actually want to kill you, but if he has to, he will. This unyielding uh, moral code has earned him the respect of several heroes in the DC Universe, most notably that of Superman and Wonder Woman. That's because Wonder Woman wanted in that uh, gun belt. Among physical and other crime-fighting related training, he is also proficient at other types of skills. Some of these include being a licensed pilot, obviously, because he has a bat plane, a bat copter, all kinds of bat shit, as well as being able to operate other types of machinery. Batman is also frequently described as a peak human, and it has been revealed that he has mostly unintentionally bathed in the Lazarus pits in the past, which may or may not attribute to some of his more metahuman feats. That kind of makes sense. Uh, Batman utilizes a vast arsenal of specialized high-tech vehicles and gadgets in his worm against crime and designs um, of what usually share a bat motif. Uh, Batman's body armored costume incorporates the imaginary imagery of a bat in order to frighten criminals. Uh, the Batman costume is a scalped helm cape, a cowl covering most of his face, and a pair of bat-like ears a stylized bat emblem on the chest, and the ever-present utility belt. Uh, his bat suit aids in the combat against enemies, having the properties of both a Kevlar and Nomex. It protects him from gunfire and other significant impacts. His gloves typically feature three scallops that protrude uh, from long, gauntlet-like cuffs, although his <coughs> earliest appearances... Um, he wore short playing gloves without the scallops. I guess the gloves, like, help him stick to shit. Uh, Batman's primary vehicle is the Batmobile, which is usually depicted as an imposing black car, often with uh, tail fins that suggest a bat's wings. Uh, Batman also has an aircraft called the Batplane, um, later renamed as Batwing, along with various other means of transportation. Uh, he keeps... Most of his field equipment in his utility belt, different versions of the belt have these items stored in compartments, often as pouches or hard cylinders attached evenly around it. Batman is often depicted as carrying a projectile with shoots, a retractable gappling hook attached to a cable. This allows him to attach to distant objects, be propelled into the air, and thus swinging from the rooftops of Gotham City. Uh, an expectation to the range of Batman's equipment are guns, which he refuses to use on principle, since a gun was used to kill his parents. Uh, when Batman is needed, the Gotham police do that big-ass spotlight with the bat-shaped insignia over the lens called the bat signal, which shines into the night sky, creating a bat symbol on, the, on a passing cloud, <clears throat> which can be seen from any point in Gotham. But they showed it in Batman vs. Superman that Metropolis could see it too. Yeah. 
Uh, Commissioner Gordon also has a dedicated phone line, dubbed the Bat Phone, connected to a bright red telephone with sits on a wooden base and has a uh, transparent top. So he's the only one that's allowed to use it. Yeah. It's actually more prominent in the old Batman Adam West show. Uh, well, that's got to sting everybody's ass, doesn't it? That Jim Gordon's the only one with the Bat Phone. Uh, the line connects, Lord have mercy, the line connects directly to Batman's residence, Wayne Manor, uh, specifically both to a similar phone sitting on a desk in Bruce Wayne's study, an extension phone in the Batcave. And of course, the Batcave is the headquarters where all the gadgets are, and it's uh, in the caves beneath his mansion, which was very convenient. Uh, at his command center, the Batcave secret headquarters, consisting of a series of caves beneath his manor. And uh, it just, you know, the Batcave serves multiple pur- purposes. It's got the supercomputer, it's got the surveillance, it's got uh, generators, it's got a forensic lab, it's got an infirmary, a private study, a training JoJo, JoJo, <laughs> Dojo, uh, fabrication workshop, arsenal, hangar, and garage. It houses all of his equipment, all of his toys, his cars, everything. And it is also a trophy room and storage facility for his unique memorabilia collected over the years from various cases he has worked on. So, like a serial killer, (laughs) he has trophies. trophies. All right. Let's do Frank Castle. Gotta tell you. I have a lot of love for Frank Castle. A lot of love for Frank Castle. Yeah, we often see stuff and we're like, boy, Frank Castle was alive. I think a lot of the stuff, the Punisher memorabilia that's out now, and I will say, and you know this for a fact, I liked the Punisher before the Punisher was cool. Um, You were very mad at the first movie. Yes. So... A lot of the stuff that we see memorabilia on and stuff and that's used for Frank Castle would not stand for. Frank Castle were real. And it would piss him off. Oh, the, the car stickers. It just, yeah. The, the Blue Lives Matter flag. He, that's not why he did that for. He, he, he didn't do it for that. Um, but the Punisher is, in my opinion, of all these people, probably the most tortured um, mentally. Yes. Um, and in my opinion, the best reason to do what he's doing. Yeah. But he's got a high ass body count. I think he likes it. Well, to have a body count that he does, you can't not think like it. He likes it because at some point you got him. You got them all. You got them all. Anybody who was involved with your family, you got them all. And he just keeps going. He likes it. He likes pain. He likes giving pain. He likes. You know, I, I think he would have been just as happy to have his family and never do this again. I think if it, I think if his family lives, but you, you took, don't have the Punisher. But you took away the reason. You took away what kept him sane. Right. What kept him from losing his shit on everybody. Because this is, let's, I mean, he is a military veteran, all this stuff. I mean, he would have been a spook, right? He's got some PTSD going on on top of what happened to his family, on top of you just keep fucking Well, that's with just him. PTSD on top of PTSD. And you just keep pushing and poking him in his chest. Well, motherfucker, you deserve what you got now. Yeah. And I, 
the best when I seen him in, in Daredevil, Daredevil season two, I was like, holy shit. And they didn't even say it was him. I just knew when he, when they shot up that bar, I was like, oh, that's Punisher. That's, he didn't even ask questions. He just take, he just take, it was that Irish bar. Yeah, wasn't it? you're guilty. I'm going to shoot you. Hey, if you're mob and you got drugs, he's killing you. Yeah. I mean, he's killing you. But he does do good things too. If he's killing you, there's a reason for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because there was innocence that he didn't. And when he thought he did, it crushed him. That he killed someone who was innocent. Yeah, they did that in, what was that, the season two? Yeah, I mean, if he if he felt like they were innocent and that he caused them harm or killed them. Oh, yeah, really upsetting. Yeah. So. It's like, if you wake up at a jigsaw game, you did something to be there. Oh, yeah, if Frank House is breathing down your neck, what the fuck did you do? That's the first question. The first question is, how fast can you get away from me? <laughs> Second question is, what the fuck did you do? You ain't safe to be hanging around. No, you need I'm to, out of here. Yeah, you need to get the hell on up. No way. Well, the Punisher, who um, is a Francis Frank Castle, who was born Castiglione, which he uses as an alias. In the TV show. Yeah, the TV show doesn't get it all right, but so thus far, best. Which, of course, he's a fictional character from Marvel. Uh, The character is a Sicilian-American vigilante who employs murder, kidnapping, extortion, coercion, threats of violence, and torture in his campaign against crime. There's no threats. He just, he follows through. It's not really a threat if you're going to do it. Yeah. I mean, he will fuck you up. Yep. Uh, he is driven by the death of his wife and two children. And then sometimes in the story, she's pregnant with the third. Sometimes she's not. Um, they were killed by the mob for witnessing a killing in New York City's Central Park. <coughs> and after that, the Punisher wages a one-man war on crime while, while employing the use of various weapons and firearms. Now, in the TV show, they were there on a picnic, and they weren't even supposed to be there. No, and um, Frank was supposed to die. He was supposed to die. His family, um, because I know that even Billy had said that. that the family wasn't supposed to yeah, be there. Yeah, um, he, It was just, he was supposed to die. Um, his family's killers were the first to be slain, I bet. And he didn't just kill one of them. Didn't he take out, like, the entire family, yes. organization, everything? Yes. Yes. If you're part of an organization and he's got a beef with you, he's taking them all out. Like, if you're the Irish mob and you're in New yes. York, you're not going to have an Irish mob no, in he's New taking, York. He's taking the head of the snake. He's taking everybody. Yes. Because uh, that's who he went after first in the TV show. I, he is a war veteran. A United States Marine Corps scout sniper. Which I think is cool as shit. Oh, yeah. That they're paying homage to the military. That is cool as fuck. He was a uh, scout sniper in Force Recon. Castle is skilled in hand-to-hand combat, guerrilla warfare, and marksmanship. Which you see in Season 1 of The Punisher. Because he is somewhere, shoots a gun into fucking Mexico. And shoots a guy right between the eyes. And hits nobody else. One shot. Done. And he is somewhere on the U.S. side of that border. And he doesn't hesitate. 
oh no he don't he's like I'm he's just like sticks his finger in the air fills the air and that's it he's done um the Punisher's brutal nature and willingness to kill made him an anomaly an, an anomaly in mainstream American comic books when he debuted in 1974 it was against Spider-Man was it? He was trying to kill Spider-Man. Uh, Punisher has been described as being obsessed with vengeance. Uh, Garth Ennis noted that uh, the character of the Punisher sees the world in very black and white terms. He solves his problems. When in doubt, hit back hard. Yep. It works. In the Marvel Universe, the conflict matters only because he was asked to go and serve his country, and he did. When he returned... The society he was essentially defending betrayed him and murdered his wife and children in front of him. The conflict matters less than the fact that he gave his service and that was his reward. Was that they killed his, his family. Right. And that's what the TV show really is about is it's the people that he served. Because he did bad shit. Well, he did bad shit. But Over the, there. He did bad, but it was, he was following... Orders. And that is a hard situation that you put your military people in. And then the people he trusted are the ones that killed his family. Yes. But it, it does touch on that. Like, that is a hard situation. You know, like you put him in. Like, you're like, yeah, you know, uh, we're going to have you just taking out certain targets. But then you end up torturing people. And that's not what you signed up for. But it is the order that you were given. So you have and to you do it. you don't question the order. You don't. Uh, the Punisher is the recipient of multidisciplinary military training from the United States Marine Corps' recognizance. Uh, while a Marine, he also received training from the Airborne School and U.S. Navy SEALs, as well as cross-training with the Australian Special Air Service Regiment during the Vietnam War. So they, that kind of dates it, yeah. but they've updated everything for the show and stuff. In addition, since uh, beginning his work as the Punisher... Castle has used his military discipline and training techniques to update and expand his skills in areas that aid in his mission, such as disguise, acting, use of non-military weapons. The list just goes on. <coughs> From his training, the Punisher is proficient in not only basic infantry skills, but in special operations, which include the use and maintenance of specialized firearms and explosive ordnance. He is a one-man war. He's just a one-man killing machine. You don't really need anybody else. And it showed that. Yeah. Uh, he is highly trained in infiltration into heavily guarded enemy territories and structures for the purpose of assassination, capture, and military intelligence. The man is driven from his will and just... He refuses to stop. Stubborn. I mean, he refuses. Once you're in his crosshairs, he's not stopping until you're dead. Yeah, I mean, and, he's not. And that's even him being zip-tied to a chair and beaten almost half to death. Laughing at you the whole time because he knows. And he's, in his last things he says is, I'm, I'm going to kill gonna, you. I'm going to kill you. He knows. It doesn't matter what you do. I will be getting up, and I will be beating the shit out of you with the leg you just stabbed. Yeah. I mean, you don't care. Um, he is also trained in various forms of 
camouflage and stealth. He is also highly adept at hand-to-hand -hand combat and has been trained in multiple forms of martial arts such as Chinay Haurangdu, uh, the carved manga, maga, something, Muay Thai, Muay Thai boxing, uh, Nashru Jiu Jitsu, Ninjitsu, uh, Shornri Karate, and Systemia. Which I'm you, sure I said this wrong. Which you really don't get to see a whole lot of in the TV shows because it's just more of his bare fist just oh, beating yeah, the shit beat out, the out of him. Oh, he just beat the fuck out of Now, I will say in season two, though, with the knife fights and stuff like that, it You're showed, seeing a little more of the discipline. Um, and when he fought with Daredevil... You, you saw to, a little bit of it. But you don't really get into all of that. It's more of his brute force. That's, yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he, he'll take the hit to the face. Well, he don't care. Yeah. But... He's not doing a whole lot of blocking. He's, no, he he don't care. I just, think the I think the more you hurt him, the more pissed off right. he gets, and the more he hurts you. Right, and so he he, he, he uses that. Yeah, and, and that's what the TV show kind of alluded yeah, to. Yeah, he uses it. Both Nick Fury and Tony Stark have commented on how extraordinarily high his pain tolerance is. I would imagine he does not take painkillers as he feels that their benefit of dulling pain is not worth the side effects of the drowsiness and slow refle slowed reflexes. So that explains his high pain tolerance because he just deals with it. Um, he maintains multiple safe houses and vehicles around the greater New York City area as well as multiple forged identities and bank accounts which uh, most of the funds and equipment aiding him really in his killed. work being taken from the criminals he hunts which is Hilarious. Why wouldn't he? You don't uh, need him anymore. Right. The uh, Punisher has a Kevlar uniform which protects him from most gunfire, though he can still suffer concussive injury or penetration from uh, sufficient or repeated impacts. And it, ha and it happens. Yeah. Uh, the white skull emblem on his chest is used both to intimidate his enemies and to lure their fire to the more heavily protected area of his armor. And that's why I think people get it wrong. This is not a symbol of the Punisher. No, it's... Um, it's a tactical... There's it, a tactical reason it's yeah, on his armor. Yeah. And it's because that is what I'm going to turn you into. The Punisher. Uh, the design was supposedly taken from either a Vitcon sniper or... The demon Oliver. Oliver. What the fuck kind of demon is just named Oliver? That's not very scary. I probably said that wrong. I probably pissed off Punisher fans across the world, but I'm sorry. Uh, the Punisher uses a large variety of firearms in his war on crime, including fully automatic rifles, shotguns, flamethrowers, or whatever he can get his hands on. He's not picky. No. Whatever he's got. If he can point and shoot, which he killed some people with a sledgehammer in, what was that, season two? Season one. Was it season Just one? Just let that man stand and hit the wall. Just let him hit the wall. He's not bothering anybody. Yes, it was season one. Like, if he's hitting the wall, that's good. If he's hitting you, it's bad. Let yeah, just, just let him hit the wall. Uh, though he has a preference for guns, the Punisher has been using technology derived from supervillains 
and other costume characters such as the Green Goblin's pumpkin bombs, a modified goblin glider, and a Dr. Octopus tentacle that he can shrink down for easy storage via pen particles. How the hell did he get hold of some pen particles? It's a little, it, it, it gets a little far-fetched with, with, with Frank Castle, but I will tell you just the basis of who he is, of those three you just read, he is the scariest. Oh, yeah. I mean, Batman's scary. Fuck, Daredevil, the, the, the Devilville's Kitchen, I wouldn't want any of those showing up on my doorstep, but this guy... I'd piss my pants. He's not going to stop to think, mm-hmm. Why, what did you do? He's just going to shoot you in the head. Yeah. He's done. Yeah, he's not going to ask. No, and if you know something that he wants, you're going to tell him. It's, it's yeah. just going to it's just going to depend on how quick and what he has to what do he, to you. Because what he tell what he tell um, when he was talking in the in the uh, uh, TV show, he said people think torture is about pain. They think it's about you know what you're going to do to him. It's time. Just time. It's how much time we take to get to where I want. Right, and, and that, and, and that, if you think about that, it's true. It is true. Because you can adapt to pain. Yeah. You can it's just adapt. how long are you going to be in said pain? You can adapt to whatever people do. It's the not knowing. It's the how long he's going to do the it. Time. It's yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, aside from his physical prowess, the Punisher also has complete control of his mind and consciousness. Uh, providing a strong resistance against psychic and telepathic powers that are often used against him when he comes up against the supers. Oh, he um, didn't back down. Yeah. Um, there was twins that actually tried to control the Punisher's mind, and he actually scoffed at their attempt, saying, it doesn't feel different from any other day. And they were Sounds like... Sounds like a very Freak Castle thing to say. <laughs> I mean... He's like, you can keep trying, but you ain't getting anywhere. I don't know. I I love reading about vigilantes like that, and I love watching the TV shows and the movies. And I think it glorifies and over-exaggerates what we would like to do when we're wronged or when we see things like yeah. the George Floyd thing, you know, what we would do if we were vigilantes to... You know, right that write, wrong. Yeah, you know, to write that wrong and that injustice. But to be honest, you know, it, it's if you had someone like that, it would do more harm than good. Yeah. But I do think there is parts of all of us that have a little bit of Frank Castle, or Bruce Wayne. Or that if you've had enough money, you could be Batman. Or that you—it's—it's it's crossed your mind. Yeah. So it's good to live vicariously through those characters. And it makes you stand up, and it makes you forget about your own problems for a while. It really does. Because you, you get to you get to live in their world and, and see, and they they don't always win. Nope. They don't always win. They, they sometimes they, they come up short, and sometimes they get tricked, and sometimes they get beat. But it is fun to watch Frank Castle beat the shit out of some people. Oh, it's fun when they think they got him. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is where I wanted to be. Yeah. I wanted to be caught. Because he, that's where he, like in that the end of the first season. When that one guy has him strapped down to that chair, he's like, motherfucker, I wanted here the whole time. This is where I wanted to be. You fell into my trap. Yeah. Or like in The Watchmen, when they put Rorschach in prison. He's like, bitches, I ain't in here with you. You're in here with me. And you're locked in here with me. So, who has the worst here? <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah, it's it's just I, th I think it's interesting our fascination with vigilantes, and when we go over the real life vigilantes, you'll actually see there's some things where it's very questionable. Like, did they do the right thing? I think they did the only thing they knew how at the time. Right. And and it, and it and they really they've had enough. It's then that's that's the point, right? You get to that. I've had enough. I've had enough. And when I've had enough. It's going to cause me to do things that maybe I otherwise wouldn't have done. Because they tried to go the right way. The right, right way. But the right way wasn't in getting them anywhere. I will say that was the one thing in the first Punisher movie that I did like is that he did try to do the right thing yes, first. He did. And nobody, well, it was like Law Abiding Citizen, if anybody's seen that movie. Great movie. He tried to do the right thing first and nobody would let him. Nope. So. He took care of it on his own. Right. And I applauded him for it. I didn't like that innocent people had to die, but I can't he, totally say that was his fault. Nope. Because he tried. Yeah. I mean... You know, so... It's it's a little peek into into our world. That's what we like to watch. Stuff like that. Dexter, you know. Yeah. He's kind of a vigilante in his own right. And, uh, the Saul movies. John Kramer. I know we're going to do like a episode on John Kramer trying mm -hmm. to break down his psychological profile um, but serial um, killer no because he doesn't actually kill anybody <clears throat> I, I think that he could be you could say that he he does that but I also I think he's more of a vigilante I think mm -hmm. he's more of a not even vigilante so much as he just makes you appreciate your life you have to fight and you always come out if you come out of that at the other end you're a better person for it right you might be disfigured as fuck <laughs> But you're a better person. Right. You're going to remember why you were in there. And then you actually come you come to find out that almost everybody that went through those end up following him. Right. It's almost like a religion. It, yeah. It's like a cult. Yeah, because he's, you know, helping people strangely. And he's ridding the world of trash. Yeah. That couldn't stop being trashed to save their own life. And that's exactly. the point. Yep. Can you stop your bad behavior to save your own life? Right. Well, this one turned out to be a lot longer than we expected. Season finale. Yeah, it's it's the end of season one, but uh, there won't be like a big gap between season nah. one and season two. Nah, we'll be right back to recording. Um, and we have an email set up. It's uh, cryptidkillers at Yahoo. Cryptidkillers is all one word. Um, so if you want to shoot us an email, tell us how good we're doing, how shitty you think it is, or you just have some ideas. Yeah. We'd love to hear either any and all of it. Um, and we'll see you next time with the uh, real life vigilantes, I think is what we're doing next. That's right. That's right. I'm excited. Get to talk about Buford and Getz. Getz. Yeah. And Leo, we can throw Leo another Getz. one. We can throw another one in there. <laughs> <laughs> Leo Getz from fucking Lethal right. Weapon. Whatever you want, Leo Getz. Leo Getz. Getz. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>